Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're talking about the marks of maturity, spiritual maturity. When it's a person, a physical person, you can look at the marks of maturity. You can see how big they are. You can see whether they have the signs of adult maturity, if they're a man, hair on their face, etc. And you can look at their personality. There's various things you can look at. But how do you know if a person is spiritually mature? A lot of the things are similar. We've spoken about the food that a person eats physically and spiritually, the Bible. We've spoken about the way they behave, the way they relate. Various parts of our development spiritually show that we are mature. And it is important and it is mentioned many times in the New Testament where God is encouraging us. Come on, grow up, move on in your Christian life. And we do not want baby Christians to be left as babies without the tools to grow into maturity. And today I want to talk about being fruitful or a productive member of society. As you know, a baby can contribute nothing to the world. They arrive and they just need to be looked after. They need to be cleaned. They need to be fed. They need to be provided for. But then there is a continuum as they grow up to where they reach a point where they are no longer receiving everything from other people. They are no longer receiving their food, their clothing, their shelter, their emotional needs, their education, all these different things. They are now in a position to A, look after themselves, but then B, be a productive or fruitful or contributing member of society. And if a person reaches a certain age, and they are still not contributing, then there is something wrong. Now, in our Western society, I believe we are so fortunate because of our Christian roots, we have a system in place in most Western societies and many other societies around the world where the needy and the poor and those who cannot look after themselves have a safety net and the rest of our society contributes extra to help them. And I think that is a godly thing and a biblical thing. However, if a person is capable and they don't have any other reason why they need everyone to look after them, let me just say this quite clearly and strongly. There is something wrong if you are still expecting other people to look after you when you are a grown-up person. Come on, man or woman, grow up. Start looking after yourself. Start doing things for yourself and start becoming a contributor instead of a consumer. And I'm going to challenge you today from the Bible about this. Now, Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 13. It says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. Friends, I am here today as that servant 
saying, let's have one more year, Lord, please, for my dear baby Christian friends who have not grown to maturity. We're going to dig, we're going to fertilize, we're going to help them, we're going to be vulnerable and show them that we ourselves have struggled in these areas so that we can bring people to maturity. We don't want people to remain as immature Christians because there is a risk that God says, if you haven't grown, there's something wrong and you may end up not being a Christian anymore. Now you say that sounds very harsh, but let me just back it up with a second scripture. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Jesus said, I'm a vine, a, a, a grape plant, a vine, and my father is the vine dresser or the farmer. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes or cleans that it may bear more fruit. God wants fruit. God wants maturity. He doesn't want us to remain gaga, baby Christians, feed me, look after me. You meet all my needs. I'll just be the passive recipient. He says, no, no, let's get some maturity. Let's get some fruit. But then he goes on to say, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Remember, he said, I'm, the father cleans the, the branches so that they can bear fruit. And Jesus said, you are in the vine. You don't have to make any effort to get in. You just believe and you are in the vine. And God's word has already made you ready to produce fruit. It's it's an amazing picture. I don't have to strain and push hard to produce the fruit. I just need to let the, the juice of the vineyard, of the, of the vine tree, just grow through me and fruit is produced. And then he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And then he goes on to say, you'll abide much, you'll provide much fruit if you abide in me, you'll ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. But the main thing is to abide and then to see fruit. So I must just ask you, how are you doing with fruit? You might say, well, what is fruit? I'm going to mention four categories of fruit. There's first of all, the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of our character, the fruit of being like Jesus. That's the first type of fruit. You know, in Galatians chapter 5, he talks about the works of the flesh, and then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a singular word fruit, so it's like one fruit with nine little segments in it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Um, and these are the, the fruit of the Spirit. These come out of us. They're the character of Jesus, when we are abiding in the vine, when we're allowing his word to just grow up in us, we start to produce the fruit. In other parts of the Bible, it speaks about the fruit of righteousness or fruit in keeping with repentance. John the Baptist said, bear fruit in keeping with repentance because the axe is at the root, ready to cut the tree down. You've got to bear fruit. Now, I don't want to scare you, but I want to tell you, God has given you a year where he's going to dig and he's going to be patient and he's going to fertilize. Use this time. I don't know how long a year is. It may not be a calendar year. It may be many years. It may be a few months. I don't know. But God is saying, use this time. Be diligent. Grow up. And so the first type of fruit is where I start to be more like Jesus. People look at me. And they say, you're more patient than you were two years ago. What's happened? 
I say, I don't know. I didn't try, but God's word in me, I'm abiding in Jesus. I'm loving him. I'm allowing his work and his power to flow through me. And I'm starting to become more like him. I'm becoming more joyful, um, more, more peaceful, more loving, uh, more gentle, all these different things and self-control as well. The fruit of the Spirit, the righteousness of God starts to come out of me. And so this is part of being productive as a Christian. We need to look at ourselves in, in a bit of soberness, but also knowing that God is with us and he's trying to help us. He says, just stay planted, grafted into the vine, abide in me, relax in me, allow my work to have its way and you will start to produce the fruit of the Spirit, the righteous way of living that looks like Jesus. That's the first one. And so we have to say, am I, am I exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? Now, I must say to you today that there is a, a, an account. We're going to see a bit later on where God talks about an account where he's keeping account because he wants to bless us. He's saying, how much of this fruit are you producing? Because I want to bless you based on the fruit. I want to reward you when you get to heaven. I want to help you. I want you to have the best possible life. And so God is keeping account. And it, it refers to many of these types of fruits. God is watching carefully. How's the fruit going? Um, do you remember the story of Jesus sitting at the temple, watching how much money people put into the offering? And he's, he's being quite nosy. He's sitting there. Could you imagine if somebody, one of the pastors or elders at your church, sat at the offering plate and watched and counted how much each person gave as they gave and they were making little notes? That, that's kind of what Jesus was doing. He was sitting at the temple and he was watching how much people gave. And then a little widow came and she put in the tiniest coin and Jesus called his disciples. He said, come look at this. Look how much this lady gave. She's poor, she's got nothing, but she gave so much. And he was excited about it because he's keeping an account because he wants to bless us. So for all of these different types of fruit that I'm going to mention, there is an account that God is keeping where he's saying, how much fruit, how much of the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the Spirit, are you exhibiting? And are you a net contributor or a net consumer? So as I go through these, I'm going to challenge you to look at your own life and ask yourself the question, based on my maturity level, am I consuming more of the fruit of the Spirit or am I giving more of the fruit of the Spirit? You say, Greg, what does that mean? It means this. Love and joy and peace. Do you bring more of that into a relationship, into an organization, into a room when you walk in? Do you bring more or do you require those things from other people? You say, Greg, this is getting a little bit uncomfortable. You're putting your finger and you're pressing a bit hard. I want to say God is looking for fruit because he wants to bless you. But he says, grow up, grow up. And the way we know we've grown up is we are no longer just receiving like a baby, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness from other people. We don't rely on others to be the, the main ones who give us patience and who give us a second chance and who, who give us more love and more peace. No, we say, I am going to be the main contributor. I'm going to be the one who gives more. 
just like a child as they grow up, start to earn their own money and then they start to even support their parents, we need to say, as I mature, I give more than I get. <laughs> so the first type of fruit is the fruit of the Spirit or righteousness or fruits in keeping with repentance where my character changes and I become more loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, gentle, faithful, self-controlled. And I give those more. In any relationship, I give more than I expect the other person to give. When I'm in a group setting, I say, I'm going to be the main one who brings joy and peace and goodness and patience and kindness and looking out, overlooking other people's sins. I'm going to be the main one who gives because then I am more mature. If I give more than I'm expecting to get, then I am moving to maturity. I'm producing fruit. And God says, yes, now you're abiding in the vine. The second type of fruit is exercising the gifts and the calling that God has given you. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says he's praying that they may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. That phrase, every good work, speaks about the good works that God has prepared for you to do. I don't know if you remember our poema course we did a few months ago where we talked about God has made us his work of art, but he has also prepared good works in advance for us to do so that we can do them. And these are the gifts and the callings that God has put on you. He's called you. You may be gifted as a administrator or as a teacher or as a carer or as a counselor or as a laborer or as a leader or whatever it is God has given you to do. And he's given you gifts and callings and abilities and anointing and power. And he says, how are you doing with that? And Paul says, I pray that you may be fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in every good work. In other words, the things that God has given you to do. How are you doing with that? Are you exercising your gifts? If God has given you a spiritual gift of preaching, of praying, of worship leading, of whatever it is, are you exercising those gifts? Are you giving more than you get? Now think about this for a bit. When you go to church or a church meeting or you meet another Christian or even workplace or just in the general world around you, you have spiritual gifts, you have something to offer. Are you looking to give more than you get? Are you? Are you seeing yourself as a net giver or a net taker? Because grown-ups give, they contribute, they, they are productive, they're giving more than they're getting. And this applies to ministry. You know, unfortunately, our modern church instead of being a vibrant body where everybody's contributing something, has become a little bit of a spectator show where people sit and they watch somebody else do the ministry. And so it's very easy to misunderstand church and Christianity and think that it's me receiving ministry, whereas actually it's supposed to be me giving ministry. It's a bit like a bring and share meal where everybody brings something from their own kitchen that they've lovingly prepared and then we all share and the mature Christians, the adults in the room, say I'm going to bring the best food, I'm going to bring the most food, I'm going to bring more than I eat. 
so that I can contribute to this meal. And it's the same with your gifts and your calling. Do you come to church or to a Christian meeting or to any engagement with other people saying, I'm going to be the one that gives the most, that uses my gifts the most, that ministers the most? Now, I understand that in a big Sunday church meeting, it's not possible for everyone to minister. But you can still contribute and then you can say, let me find a small group or another outlet to use my gifts the most that I possibly can so that I'm giving more than I'm receiving. Let me ask you this, on the, on the scale of accounts, do you receive more ministry or do you give more ministry? People are praying for you. Did you know that? People are counseling you. People are praying and thinking about messages to preach to you to help you. People are trying to organize things so that your life uh, causes growth in your, in your Christianity. People are working and ministering and giving and contending in spiritual warfare for you. People are ministering for you and to you. Are you ministering more than you are receiving? Think about that for a second, because that's a sign of how grown up you are. The third category of fruit is um, the growth of his church and, and ministering to new believers and growing the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. Paul speaks about the fruit that he wanted to see in the Romans. He says in, in chapter one, I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often plan to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also, just as, as among the other Gentiles. Paul was saying when he saw people becoming born again, when he saw people growing as Christians, being discipled, being strengthened, getting mature, he said that was fruit. And he wanted to see fruit in every place that he went. And the church's mission is to make disciples of all nations. That means getting people to know Jesus and then getting people to grow in Jesus and then getting those people to make other disciples. And that is our mission. And we need to say, I want to be part of that mission, not just using my gifts, but how can I contribute to the mission of the church? You know, when you first found Christ, somebody had planned for you in that context where you found Christ. Somebody had written an article or spoken a message. Somebody had prepared a meeting. Somebody had thought about it, prayed about it, organized events and workers and situations around They'd made a lot of plan and effort to make it possible for you to come to know Christ and then for you to grow in Christ. And now as you grow up, say, am I thinking about the mission of the church so that I can contribute more than I am receiving and maybe more than I did receive when I was first a Christian? How can I contribute? And then my last point is financially. I just want to read Philippians 4 to you. Paul says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me aid once and again for my necessities. Listen to this verse now, verse 17. Not that I seek the gift. So he says, thank you, Philippians. You've given me money and, and material things many, many times. But he says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Let me say that again. Paul says, not that I seek the gift. It's not for me. 
I'm pleased that you're giving, but it's not for me that I'm pleased. I want to see the fruit that abounds to your account. (laughs) What is he talking about there? It's not just money. It was the heart behind the money. The Philippians said, we want to be bigger contributors than we are recipients. We want to be givers, not takers. We want to be grown-ups. And so they gave money and they gave prayer. They partnered with him. He says earlier on in Philippians, your partnership or your fellowship in the gospel. And he, and he talks about how they're sharing each other's rewards. But he says, you're partners with me. They were sending money. And he says, it's not for me. I have everything I need. Verse 18, he says, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You see, we sometimes think that we must find out what the church needs and then we just have to give them what they need because they are the ones who need. But actually what he's saying here is you're the one who has to give so that fruit can abound to your account. That word abound means multiply, be increased. And what he says is as you give of your prayers, your energy, your intent and your money and your time and your talents to the church and to God's bigger mission, what's happening is that God is multiplying that gift and he's putting it in your account so that he can say, I can bless you more. And when we get to heaven, there are going to be some people who maybe weren't the main upfront leaders of the church, but they have a huge account in heaven of fruitfulness because they gave more than they received. And they will just receive so many rewards. The Bible speaks about a a reward judgment where God is looking for a way to bless you with rewards when you get to heaven. 1 Corinthians 3 says other people are going to get to heaven and they haven't done much for the Lord. And they're going to get there, but there'll be nothing with them. It'll just be them and no rewards whatsoever other than heaven. But other people will just be showered with crowns and with rewards. And then Revelation says, and then we throw those crowns back in front of God's throne. So there's this constant giving and receiving. But I want you to see this. You know, I had a conversation with a businessman who was in our church, but I'm not sure he was a believer. And he wanted to advise me on how the church should use the church's money. And uh, I listened to him and I had a conversation with him. And then he said, and let's Find out how much it costs for the church to run financially and divide that by how many people are in church and tell everyone in church this is the minimum they have to give every Sunday. And I giggled a little bit because that's not the way we do things. We allow people to give whatever they want. If it's little or more, it's completely up to them. But then I did a quick calculation in my head and I came up with a number and I said that would be about this much per month. And his face fell because he was a very wealthy man, but he was giving far less than it cost for us to run the church based on a pro rata proportion for each person. And I want to say to you, the sign of a mature Christian is someone who gives more than they are getting. How much are you getting from the Lord? You know, it costs money for people to run ministries. It costs a lot of money for people to provide the ministry that you receive. But then there's also the value of the healing 
and the strengthening that you've got, the peace of mind, the forgiveness, the health in your body, all the ways that God has looked after you. Try and put a value on that and then say, am I giving more than I'm getting? You say, why would I do that? Because Jesus said, Paul tells us in Acts 20, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When you become mature, when you start exhibiting fruit for God, you grow as you give. And the more you give, you can't outgive God. He then gives more. He abounds it to your account, multiplies it, and then you start to reap the fruit of that. But we don't give in order to get, but God wants us to get to this place where we are giving more than we are getting and we are trying to outgive Him. And we say, Lord, how much have you blessed me? Let me try and put a a dollar or a pound figure on what you've done for me or what the church is spending for me. Let me give more. Let me give more in a meal, more than my share. Let me give more in a relationship. Let me give, 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 and I'm going to try and outgive you, God. And he says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. Because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. But it's God's measure, which is so much greater. It abounds. The fruit abounds to your account. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory, not according to yours. But we don't give to get. But when you get into this fruitfulness cycle where you're a grown-up Christian, you are always looking to outgive others, to outgive God, to outgive, to be a productive, fruitful Christian. Now, if you have not been, I want to say to you, God's parable that we read at the start says, I'm giving you another year. I'm digging, I'm fertilizing. And right until the day you die, you have the opportunity to put this right and to say, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a net giver rather than a net taker. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend, my brother or sister, that you would inspire them, that they would abide and rest in the vine. They would allow your word to produce fruit in them. And Lord, that you would cause them to be fruitful and mature. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.